to the Flawed Workshop Podcast with me, your host, Nancy Art Music. And me, your co-host, Alex Roberts. This week, we're joined by Izzy from Isabel's Art. We talk a little bit about using your talents to help a charitable cause, mental health, quitting your job, doing an illustration degree, and getting a little bit political with your art. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Izzy. Thank you very much for joining us on the Flawed Workshop podcast. It's absolutely lovely to have you. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, about your art. My art is generally, um, so it's different every day. So I, it kind of depends on how I'm feeling, how I'm like, I don't know what, how much energy I've got really um, as to what I create. I mean, sometimes I'll go days and days without creating and then sometimes I'll make tons of stuff every day for like two weeks um and yeah so it goes from sort of simple cutesy fruit illustrations and like little cute stickers and things like that to body positivity and uh, the occasional anti-government stuff it started off just as something that I enjoyed doing back in 2016 I think it was I was like oh I really want to learn how to draw faces because for a really long time I used to draw hair and heads and necks and shoulders but they'd always be faceless so I was a bit like terrified I would say of actually taking the leap and giving someone a nose eyes and a mouth like I draw them all separately on a piece of paper but never actually like all together as one so I was like I'm going to take the leap and teach myself yep I absolutely know that feeling because it, it proportions are scary and weird when yeah. you actually study them <laughs> that's why you need to take a leaf out of picasso's book and sort of just do your own thing and, and make it an art style and then you know. <laughs> just tell everyone well this is how i do it and you're just gonna have to learn to like it mm-hmm. um yeah, yeah. i'd be telling totally honest during the time that i was teaching myself i never actually went out and sort of looked at proper drawing books and proper proportion stuff because i was always like I don't have the brain for that. I mean, whenever I look at the books where it teaches you how to do all the different, this should be this long and this should be this much width from this mm-hmm. part of the face and all that, yeah. it confuses me. Yep. <laughs> Anything yes. that even remotely sounds like maths and I'm I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to go have a nap instead. I can't, it, my brain doesn't function like that. Yeah. My brain functions yeah. from looking at a reference and going, okay, well, that knows sits there and I need to do about an inch or whatever and then this in in your brain and everybody has seen people before so I think inherently in the back of our minds we all kind of know proportions or we at least know what should look right and that's why the uncanny valley exists and faces look a little Mm. bit strange sometimes but when you learn it in a book and you see like you know the torso is a third of the entire body (laughs) which is this and which is a one-fifth and 20% of that and it's it's just wild I don't yeah, the, the one for me is I, I'm not a, a visual artist, really. I, I don't have a, a great amount of drawing skills. But I can remember when I was much younger, um, a couple of my really, really good friends are massively into art and things. So I was like, well, I'm going to do that because my friends are doing it. And of course, I want to be cool and join in with my friends. And going through the thing you were saying about you, where you're measuring out the proportions and it all comes across as ratios and maths didn't work for me either and I ended up finding a book that was how to draw Simpsons characters and it broke everything to individual shapes mm-hmm. um, so it was like uh, you know those wooden mannequin uh, sort of reference statues that you can get it was, it was like that but then going a step further where it was quite literally turning it into a triangle and three bowling balls yep <laughs> and 
which worked really well for me at the time. But of course, I can then only draw cartoon features and faces. I, I, there's no, there's no realism. There's no actual proportion uh, because you know, it turns out Homer doesn't look like a real person. <laughs> there's definitely some skill though in drawing. I, I, I have never been able to draw a Simpson that looks like a Simpson. It always looks like a badly drawn version of a Simpson. Like there's no way that I can physically make those shapes correct. So like it is there is hard times, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like when they had to sack all the illustrators (laughs) and bring in new ones, new cheap ones. But you've definitely made a lot of progress. I'm just uh, scrolling through your uh, Instagram now, and it's like it's gorgeous. Your did it take you a long time to kind of master that a little bit? To the point that I was confident with it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely started out absolutely completely amateur I did um art all the way through school and I was always one of those people who'd always have like my art sketchbook in my bag no matter what day it was because mm-hmm. I just liked it when people would be like oh let me look through it and everyone would be like oh you're so amazing it's so great <laughs> and now I look back at it and I'm like how did anyone think that this was good <laughs> yeah well um, it's that whole thing of people um kind of exaggerating a little bit about their own lack of art skills when they say okay yeah. so only draw a stick person it's like yes you mm-hmm. can <laughs> <laughs> oh i can't do that and then you pull out a sort of a 15 page portfolio of uh, you know renaissance artwork that you've been working on <laughs> i'm not even that good <laughs> but yeah but, but what you were just oh. thinking about um people thinking it's like oh why do people think that i'm so much better than that it's like well someone that is an expert is it's only the person that knows just a little bit more than you. Mm. Yeah. That's how I've always viewed it when people mm. look at my things and go, oh, this is so good. And I'm looking at it thinking, really? Wow. <laughs> okay. I, I guess I'm just mildly better at this than you are. So in your eyes, I'm amazing. I think the thing is as well, obviously, is like you look at it and I suppose at what what point you're Because I thought I was really good. And I suppose at that point in your progress, if you're better than you were yesterday, then yeah, you, you know, you can go, oh, do you know what? That's my best piece so far. But I was up at my parents just this weekend, just gone for the first time since August. And I've been like desperate to get up there because I've really, like, it's kind of embarrassing really, but I've been really wanting to post a TikTok about my GCSE <laughs> artwork. Yep. Um, so whilst I was there, I was like going through all the cupboards because my mum has all of my like, all of my sketchbooks from GCSE, from A level and from university, just mm. in, in a cupboard in my old bedroom which is now her craft room. Um, nice and I know she's just replaced me completely. Yes. My mom is definitely one of those people who can do anything. She's, she's, she's my, I very much, if I'm doing a drawing and I'm not sure if I like it, I'll send it to mom and say, what do you think? What can I change? And she'll send back like a list of notes. Oh, and wow. Like I always know that I've got to a point that's like really good if I send her something and she's like, there's not, there's nothing I can tell you to improve that. It's really good. And I'm like, ah, and it's just this weird feeling where I'm like, my mom approves of me. <laughs> not that she ever didn't, but. Oh, did she, uh, what was her feedback with uh, the charity print that you did? Cause I, I, it's probably the one that stands out the most out of all your artwork and to me, and it's just gorgeous. And I love the, the message. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah. So that, is out of everything I've done so far um it's it was something I was thinking of doing for a very very long time basically the the push from just kind of doing art for myself to being where I am now came last year at the start of last year I decided I was doing pet portraits anyway for every now and then and 
um, mainly for Christmas presents for friends and family, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I started offering them at work at my old job because um, they did like a pound for pound matching scheme. So obviously every pound you raised, they would then give exactly the same amount to the charity too. Mm-hmm. So I started doing pet commissions for Mind. Oh, um wow. So I was offered very cheap. I mean, that like they were like fifteen pounds for an A4, like hand-drawn pro marker portrait. So you know, I wasn't like really charging a lot, and it went really, really well. In the end, by the end of last year, I think I raised, I think I raised three hundred and sixty-five pounds um, from That's it, nice. and then obviously plus thank you, um, plus gift aid and the other one, um, the pound for pound. It was about eight hundred and. 90 or something like that that's awesome uh, it, was, it was quite a lot of money so obviously I was like that felt really good because mm. I didn't really yeah. you know put myself out too much because it was stuff I was doing anyway I want to then continue that so every single year what I want to do going forward assuming that it carries on being successful is I want to create something that I can then sell and give all profits to charity so there'll always be like one print at least one print in my shop that it's not just 10 percent. it's literally apart from postage and Etsy fees every single penny from that sale will go to that charity mm. so this print is um obviously a very special print it was something I kind of wanted to do towards the end of last year but I didn't know what I wanted to do like I didn't know what I wanted it to be because with it being for an ovarian cancer charity mm. I didn't know whether to go a little bit obvious, a lot obvious. <laughs> Make it really you know, better. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, obviously with this, it was very much like, this is what it is. It's, you know, it's raising awareness for this charity that I am not 100% sure, but I think it's quite local to the area where my aunt, who this whole thing is dedicated to, mm. um, or in memory of, um, lived she was the, the Diane Oxbury Trust Diane Oxbury was a local weather presenter mm. um I would have to fact check because I'm not 100% sure exactly where she um where she presented but she basically found out she had ovarian cancer and I it was a very quick turnaround from when she found out to when she passed away mm. um so obviously it really affected my aunt when it happened because she was sort of going through it at the time Mm. Um, and then it was the charity that my uncle picked when my aunt passed away for the donations. Well, obviously, we couldn't have the funeral that yeah. I think I really we would have wanted to have. Um, so they basically just said, anyone who can um, donate, please donate to the Diana Dion- Oxbury Trust. So it was just sort of a, a continuation of that, really. Um, well, I think yeah, it's, it's absolutely, uh, it, it's really truly lovely when people use their talents um, to basically donate not only their talent to a charity and, uh, Mm. but all the actual donations that like all the things that that could help. That's really wonderful. So I really admire that about you and and your work. It's just, it's really lovely aspect of um, kind of being able to do something creative and encourage people Mm. to basically learn about something like that because your work with uh, mind and the pet portraits there there's a whole big stigma about mental health which is really mm-hmm. unfortunate because everybody especially in that last year has yeah. really experienced all these um ah, interesting feelings some for the first time <laughs> and, um, yeah it was it was really interesting with that because obviously I started it was where I used to work every year we pick a different charity to sort of 
fundraise for so pretty much all of the fundraising would be specifically for one uh kind of place and obviously when we when we started I was like okay mine's been picked this year this is great this means a lot to me I can go ahead and do this and then obviously within two months three months we were all working from home and not seeing each other anymore and obviously mental health became quite a big talking point probably actually one of the main reasons that I ended up quitting my job in the end Mm. um was my own mental health the start of last year I didn't realize how important the fundraising would end up being mm-hmm. by the end of the year. We see when I was donating, they had all the stuff about how we were having a mental health crisis because of the pandemic and everything. And it really sort of hit home that I was like, I didn't know any of this was going to happen when I started doing this. Yeah. And obviously last year was just. Last year was, was it was a year. Strange, strange <laughs> Um, last year felt like five minutes and also 20 years at the same time it made no sense that was uh, to me sort of comes across as that was you sort of dipping your toe into the water of pairing up with these different charitable causes is there is Mm. that now a little spark where you're going to look at doing a sort of more or bigger and better uh is there anything more that you're looking to do with the charity side it'd be quite interesting i think to actually research and look into actually maybe approaching charities in the future rather than just sort of doing it off my own back um, but it's not something I've it's not something I've looked into yet. Um, I'm still I mean, obviously, I'm still I'm, I'm not fully fledged yet. I haven't quite left fully left the nest. So I'm still still learning to fly. We'll call it. <laughs> this is actually one of the reasons that I, I wanted to invite you on the podcast, because you put on TikTok. Obviously, I um, oh God, I love your TikToks. They're always so entertaining <laughs> and they're like a nice kind of uh, window into you and your work and everything. Because you're you're kind of on this journey and uh, I've kind of w- watched it over TikTok over the last like mm-hmm. a couple of weeks or so. It's really interesting to me that you've kind of m- like made the leap and that's uh, something very scary for uh, artists and anybody that yeah. does anything creative to do. How did you, you mentioned that you, that decision was influenced by your mental health, but mm-hmm. um, Obviously, you had your art to kind of spur you on and support you in that time. Tell me a little bit more about that. It's been really interesting, to be quite honest. It seems like it all sort of snowballed. Like, it's, it's like one day I was like, I'm going to start an Etsy. And then like <laughs> six months down the line, I'm like, I've had, I mean, I'm, I'm getting like orders every day now. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. <laughs> um, Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, thank you. I hadn't worked since... Christmas Eve I basically logged off on Christmas Eve and had a little bit of a mental health crisis with all the things about not being able to travel I was supposed to be traveling to see my parents who live about four and a half hours away from where I live Mm. um obviously then we couldn't go and I just sort of climbed into my hole and put the lid on and was like I don't want to come out I'm staying here yeah if I can't go anywhere else then I'll stay here (laughs) yeah exactly I mean and then I just couldn't sort of get with it to to go back to work. It was I, I it was it was a on the phone customer facing role, mm. and obviously sort of being constantly attached to a headset. Just I, if I felt like I needed to escape, I felt like I couldn't. So I was just kind of like stuck, and I was like, ah, oh, this is horrible. Yeah, um, that must have been draining. Yeah, especially obviously with working from home. I never used to mind it when I had the social aspect of being in the center and actually being able to talk to people. And then like, as soon as I was at home when I was in the bedroom, just sat in front of a computer screen, it just ruined me. Like I am a very, I never stop talking. <laughs> I'm a very sort of social, I like to talk to people and I like to have people around me. I do not like being on my own. So it really, really had that effect on me that I just couldn't, 
couldn't function properly really and it kind of made me feel bad because I was like I know I can do this I've done this for years but I don't want to do it so Mm. I had a lot of time off um because of it and in that time I started I realized that the one thing that made me feel good was drawing and making art and creating stuff and so during the time especially in the last sort of three four months I was basically every day just making art I was drawing whatever I wanted and I was making new prints and I was designing key rings and started just basically snowballing all this stuff and making a big collection um and I was like I've got loads of things now and this is like a proper proper shop it's not just like I'm I've got a couple of prints do you want to buy them mm-hmm. um it's like you know I was actually getting sales I was getting attention which is yeah. always nice um and then I went back to work and I had a week of sort of just catching up on things that had changed and then it was back on the phone and I did one day I did two hours on the phone the next day I called in sick the day after that, I was sick. And the day after that, I tried to work, but I just came back into the bedroom. And I sat down and, and I just cried. Mm. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. So at that point, that was, I'd already sort of spoken to my manager and said, look, I, this isn't for me. I need to look for something else. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, if I'm going to be totally honest with you, I, I, I haven't, I have fully quit that job, but I have, I have got a part-time job just to sort of keep the money going, it coming in just as, you know, just in case. Um, but that's a nice job where I can just, it's just a, delivery driver job so I can just drive around in my car I can sing along to Rasputin mm-hmm. or whatever it is I might be listening to at the time yeah. and I, I, I like it so but that's obviously just to kind of pay the bills it's really important to the energy like what you do in the day really require like you need to kind of regulate that and uh, in order to actually do art stuff like when I was yeah. working in retail I didn't realize how tiring that was I enjoyed my job but obviously it required quite a lot of energy and mm-hmm. um when I got home I couldn't even fathom getting into anything other than trying desperately to relax before I start my yeah. next shift and so I I really empathize with that Mm. I mean it's like already I'm like I can I'm feeling the the tired like I am exhausted Mm -hmm. um is it a good exhausted from but it is yeah I mean the day I had officially handed in my notice and it was it was uh I'm leaving now because I was off six they were like there's no point you working a notice because you're just not going to be here so what's the point Mm -hmm. um so it was literally I I sort of sent my email and I said okay this is my last day I'm off now ta-ta um that was essentially it. I watched that, uh, like the TikTok that you put <laughs> up with you in your car being like, I just quit my job. And I was like, oh man, I was like excited and scared. I'm so <laughs> like excited and scared for everybody that's in that position. We have yeah. two friends that uh, are both writers and they've done something similar. And I'm yeah. hoping they're they're both going to be on the podcast as well uh, later on. <laughs> but oh man, it's so like, I'm so excited for everybody that's able to take that. Yeah. One of the, one of the big conversation points that we always have is, how do you find and strike that balance between obviously I need to make an income to support mm-hmm. myself and live, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm trying to either build myself as a brand and, and make my own product and portfolio and things. Would you mind sort of like just talking about what it was like to, to, to strike that balance? Cause I imagine it wasn't the easiest thing in the world. It's, I'm still sort of trying to find it to be quite honest because I have to say since I sort of started the part-time job I haven't done as much of the art stuff but that's because I'm still 
because I've, I've got so much stock and stuff now I'm like stop making new things because you can't <laughs> you need to sell everything else first <laughs> um but the other thing that did happen um which I think I also then sent, mentioned in on TikTok the day the, the, the video after the one about quitting my job I the day I handed in my notice I actually got accepted onto um an illustration master's um that I applied for Amazing. several months before um and I didn't think I was going to I did photography as a degree so obviously I did an art degree but it wasn't illustration so I was like not very optimistic so I was like obviously incredibly excited when I got accepted Mm. so obviously at the moment my in my head the important thing for me is get as many hours as you as you can before you start because that starts on the first of June so obviously it was I got accepted by the signal on the 6th of April starts on the first of June so it's a bit of a quick turnaround but I was like make as much money as you can between now and then just so you can relax once that starts because obviously yeah yeah, because I mean I'm gonna have let's say 20 hours of working, 20 hours of masters a week. And then mm. on top of that, need to find the balance to sort of obviously make my own stuff. And I think having the job and having the masters is going to help me with my own things because I feel like my stuff will be an escape. My yeah. main worry, and it always has been about how sort of doing this as a job, is what if I lose the love for it because it becomes a job as opposed to something I want and like and need to do um so in a way it's it's like I'm almost protecting that with bubble wrap made of part-time jobs and education and all that sort of thing and I'm like but I've got my nice little hobby just in the middle that I can just go to and say okay I'm gonna sit up till 3am drawing whatever and then I'm gonna print it and people are gonna buy it and I'm gonna make everyone happy I literally wrote a poem about this exact same thing called uh, called Throw the Chase, which was, uh, I can still remember it, it was about 2am and I'm sat on the little single bed in my uh, halls um, in my first year of uni. Um, mm. And it's just that that panic of, oh, well, I wanted to be this creative, this writer and do all that sort of stuff. But now I'm mm-hmm. doing a degree. Does that mean that I'm not doing it anymore? Does that? Mm. And it's not, yeah. uh, it's not black and white and it's not this... Um, immediate yes or no sort of lights on lights off Mm -hmm. uh, situation and as you were just explaining about it's you know um, if you are in that situation where you are trying to strike the balance between your own self-sufficient art styles and making Mm -hmm. your own brand and business as well as still working you're not going to find the balance in a week uh, yeah or, or maybe even a month you know it, it does take time and it does take work it's something that will come it just it just so happens that everything just happened at once it was like I quit my job I got a new job I got accepted onto the masters I started getting more sales which meant I was having to then sort orders out and take more to the post office and then on top of that an old colleague who also recently left her job has a, is opening a florist um <clears throat> which she's looking to open on the 2nd of May. No, the 4th of May. She wants to open it on Star Wars Day. But she approached me and basically said, love the key rings, love the cards. Do you want to sell them in my florist? So at the moment, I'm also on top of everything else. I'm making a bunch of new cards. Obviously, I need to make things like sympathy cards, thinking of you Mm -hmm. cards, get well soon. The kind of thing that you would buy flowers for. Yeah. So obviously on top of everything else at the moment, I'm also doing that. But I'm hoping... Once I get that out of the way and once I sort of have everything set out in front of me and say, okay, relax, breathe, mm. this is the right balance. Because obviously I don't want to burn myself out 
No, of course. And I don't want to sort of just end up crying in the corner, which, you know, I do quite regularly, but it's healthy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's nice to get it all out. I'm not crying. There's something in my eyes. <laughs> it, I've always got something in my eye. Hello, this is Nancy, just in the middle of the episode to say thank you so much for listening so far, and to remind you that if you'd like to be notified of when the new episodes come out every Thursday, you can click the follow, subscribe, notify buttons wherever you're listening to this podcast on, and leave a comment and review so that we can know that you're listening and let us know any feedback that you might have. Also, if you have any suggestions for who you might like to see on the podcast, whether it is a friend of yours or indeed yourself, Please let us know. Thank you very much and enjoy the rest of the episode. I was hoping to ask you about the key rings that you started doing. So uh, the I think the, it might have been the first time I came across it. It probably wasn't actually because Nancy probably showed me a load of TikToks from you. But it was the uh, the single line drawing with the flowers coming out the sort of the neck of a sweater. Um, that, uh, that was sort of like my first introduction to your art. And I, and I was there going, that is a like it's a cool style. I, I like aesthetically that is really pleasing. So I was going through all your stuff, and then of course you've suddenly got this amazing sort of rainbow with fluffy clouds. I say, like, oh, that's really cute. And I read it, <laughs> and I yeah, I wanted to ask you about um, you know I've, it, is having you know some sort of politics and things really important to you and your arts, or because you, your your portfolio you've got a nice diversity of. Uh, these very serious topics and you know the uh you know just going back to the lemon thing is this plain um aesthetic lemon that's mm-hmm. very pleasing and then you've got very strong statements as well scattered <laughs> um, um i yeah. have to say it kind of came about a, a it was a bit of a joke because i was like I, i'm not massively political if i'm totally honest i don't know if this is i don't want to try i don't want to lose any sales no no but no um i'm not the most political person in the world um my family and my partner i i'm very much surrounded by you know reasonably strong-minded political people i come from a very much working class town in the north of england mm-hmm. um Anytime I have voted, it's always been Labour. But I don't really get too much into it. I don't like, I don't, it's not that I don't like politics. I just don't like getting into arguments with people because I also, I'm not clued up enough, if you know what I mean, on on the various things. This, when I was making like the cutesy little stickers, I made this little rainbow with the clouds and I was like, oh, it's dead cute, but there's just, just not enough. And then I was like, oh, I should do some calligraphy, calligraphy over the top of it. And, and, then you, and then you just suddenly thought, what three I, words? <laughs> well, exactly. I was like messing about and I just really like writing the F word in like fancy writing. Whenever I'm like... It's nice to see swear words in... in like, yeah, it's like whenever I'm... Like cross-stitching, <laughs> especially. It's so yeah. to me. Whenever I'm like... Whenever I've got art block, that's I'll just sit there and I will just write it over and over again until I can think of something that I can draw. Um, but yeah, there's something about like cutesy rainbows. And I think in, in the end, it actually kind of worked out quite well in the fact that the the rainbow was stolen for the NHS thing over the last year. Yes. Um, sort of yes. Stolen from yes. LGBT sort of thing. So in the end, I was like, you know what? I'm going to use it. And it was, yeah, I just put them together and I went, ha, look at this. And then <laughs> Tom, was like, Tom was like, yeah, that works. Uh, Tom being my fiance. And, um, and so we had the stickers printed. 
it seems like I actually saw a TikTok pointed this out the other day, and it was exactly the same thing I've always been saying is that every now and then, certain someone does something that people don't like or disagree with, and I get a spat of sales. So I'm like, <laughs> if actually the sticker of the of the of this is my best selling item. It's the what the the one thing I've saw yeah. other than the uterus prints. I think they may have overtaken it now. That is my best selling item. Yeah, and I think it's interesting to be. Sometimes I think people want to avoid being polarizing and um, basically uh, not neglecting an audience, but excluding them from what mm-hmm. you're doing. But I think this is a good example of basically stating an opinion and finding people that agree with it quite strongly. And that's actually yeah. more beneficial than kind of just sitting on the fence sometimes. Mm. Well, I mean, I saw it a lot. Um, I actually saw someone went viral from posting a video basically saying like, I've seen that there's, I think she was American mm. and she was like, you know, there's a lot of people commenting on my videos that disagree with my politics. And if you are, and I can't, I'm not going to say whatever it was because I actually can't remember and I don't know enough about it. Like, <laughs> if you are this, then I don't want you here. <laughs> like, you know, mm. if you are on the opposite side of what I am, I don't want you as a follower. Yeah, And I mean, not that I'm saying, you know, I, I, I'm friends with people who have different political views to me, but they're not always angry about it. People sometimes forget when you're, you spend a lot of time on the internet anywhere that, yeah. um, well, I was saying this actually, cause, uh, you, I've been in sort of an echo chamber of things that I like, cause obviously I spend time on Instagram. I spend time on TikTok. The algorithm feeds me things I like. And so mm-hmm. I kind of end up thinking wow the world really is exactly yes. how I believe things are and then you go out and, <laughs> and then you go outside <laughs> and, and you notice that um it's really co- not you'll find somebody yelling at somebody else you know like oh you're you know wearing this and that I don't like it it's like why do you yeah. need to comment but also mm. when you find your sort of internet community and you yeah. feel the support of it it's really quite nice but yeah I mean um it was something I ummed and ahed about at first I was like how oh, do I and it was funny because I posted it on my Facebook page I posted um saying you know I've got these stickers coming out and pretty much my entire family was like yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> um like even my grandparents you know when, when I got when I got a like reaction from my gran I was like haha I'm doing something right yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know because obviously she's She's proper. She doesn't swear. Well, she does, yeah. but you know. Um, Secretly. <laughs> no, no, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. If she ever hears this, no, she does not. <laughs> um, but yeah, like obviously, that's one of the things that's always dr- has driven me through, um, I think, is the not approval, but like the support I've had from my family. Because, you know, we're a very creative family. My brother's a chef. Um, my mum is a jack of all trades she literally like I said she can do anything Mm. um and like a lot of people in my family are sort of artists well and creatives in some way or another so it's nice to have sort of the support of them because I always I always was a bit worried that not worried but kind of like embarrassed isn't really the word either I don't know what it is but I was always like oh I don't want to post this because someone will see it and I still have that sort of thing with TikTok that I've very slowly started to in- introduce my TikToks to my Instagram reels. Yeah. 
like as soon as I did it, I don't know if you saw the Hobbycraft haul video I posted the other day. I posted that on Instagram a couple of days later and mm. I, the day before I went up to see my parents, obviously we were taking our Christmas presents and everything because we hadn't done Christmas yet. And my dad sent me a message and he was like, oh yeah, just make sure you don't forget the one thing you're supposed to bring. The one thing. And obviously he was <laughs> quoting me and I was like, maybe I won't do this again then. Yeah. <laughs> oh. There's a fine line, I think, between uh, recognising the support that you get from someone and the mm-hmm. acceptance of it or mm. um, yeah, people are people advocating what you do. So, I'll, I'll quite like with a lot with a lot of my writing, my creative output. The things I write about are dark and twisted, um, and they are not for everyone. Sometimes they're not even for me, really. Um, <laughs> and I know for a fact that I'm not going to have the approval, uh, which yeah, mm-hmm. approval is the word you were using here, of everyone that reads it. But I know I've got the support of yeah. XYZ. Nancy being a prime example, um, a couple of things I've written, she sort of would come out of it and just be like, that was horrible. Like, <laughs> like, 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 like emotionally draining. Yeah. Um, well, oh, right. Not, not, not just really badly written. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Well <laughs> written, but kind of horrifying. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, yes. I'm, you know, uh, uh, you said, you know, you, but you should put this out there. You should um, make sure that people get to see this. And it's the yeah. support that I get for that. And it's not necessarily the approval of it. Yeah might not necessarily be my thing but yeah. it's yeah. good to put it out there because it is someone's thing sort of thing and, absolutely and, yes. I, and i think to a lot of people listening to this need to realize and 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 try and work out and understand where uh where they're finding you know this level of approval from people um, mm-hmm. you know, is that more important than the support that you're getting yeah um, because i mean not, not everyone is going to like any everything that you do and in a creative yeah. world in a creative industry that's just part and parcel yeah, I mean the thing is as well, it's it's you can't just look out for a long time. I kind of relied on my family's opinions of everything. I mean, time also helps. I think as like obviously the more you do, the more people see that it sort of helps in a way. I, I've I've posted again. I've posted about this before on uh, on TikTok. I tried my hand at writing when I was younger, and I remember that my whole family kind of was like, "Oh, don't don't do," because my cousin was very into writing and obviously I was like well I want to write as well mm-hmm. so I bought myself a little notebook from partners and took it up to to, to Scotland with me on my holidays and was like I'm gonna write a story and I proceeded to plagiarize Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone completely <laughs> um and write about Isabel Pitter and oh, her yeah. trip to Warthogs and her friend Lagrid and um her professor Alan Rickman um <laughs> And at the time, I remember that's, everyone. That's not, that's not like, even an homage. That's just that's just blatant. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was about eight. It's fine, but yeah, I you know at the time it was very. I remember not being bullied for it, but everyone being like, "Oh, Isabel, just stop! What are you doing? What are you doing?" And then it's like a it's like a family heirloom now. Like whenever oh. it comes out, everyone people there are people in my family that remember quotes from it. That is and quite like, funny. <laughs> at that point now, I'm like, do you know what? I'm glad I did that. And it's that that in itself has taught me to never regret anything that I do. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, if eight-year-old me can write such an amazing novel that finished halfway through a sentence, then... <laughs> it's a cliffhanger, okay? It's a... <laughs> oh, man. I'm, I'm so upset that I didn't write more. And someone said to me, they were like, oh, why don't you just try? And... I was like, I can't try and write it now because it would not be the same. No. I'd be trying way too hard to make it sound the same. And I think 
this is a, another really, really good example of a just trying something. Yeah. It's like this podcast, again, is one of those examples for us. I, we're giving this a try. We want to see if this ends up being good, but yeah. there's no way of telling. Sometimes you have no idea whether or not things are going to end up good. There's uh, another podcast I listen to called Creative Pep Talk, where this guy, Andy J. Pizza, he's fantastic. I love listening to that podcast. So good. But he talks about how he doesn't like the the sort of thing that Dory says, which is just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Because if you're swimming in the wrong direction, you're going to end up some really random place. So like, for example, Mm -hmm. if you kept swimming with the writing thing and people were really not responding to it, you'd, (laughs) you know, probably end up not being as happy, but where you kind of... And perhaps sued by J.K. Rowling. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) She does seem litigious, actually. So she might go after you. But um, yeah, I think that's uh, really quite interesting. Um, Speaking of uh, sort of trying new things, what uh, inspired you to apply to do illustration as a master's the just for some context the previous episode uh i was talking to a friend of mine who's a uh filmmaker editor visual effects kind of guy and we were both talking about how our experiences of university studying something creative didn't end up being all that useful but i'm hoping you have a different uh take on it so uh tell me a little bit about that and my mom actually asked me the same question when i told her about it she was like don't take this the wrong way but why (laughs) um i said well The thing is, I mean, I always work better in terms of being able to really like bring stuff together when I've got something that helps me focus, i.e. a deadline or a brief or something. Like sometimes I will sit and I'll just stare at a blank page on my iPad or a blank page in a sketchbook and I'll be like, I can't draw. And then I'll just, I'll just give up for the day. Like the amount of times I've said to my friends or to Tom and uh, like to various people being like, I can't draw, so I'm not going to do it anymore. And they're like, what do you mean you can't draw? And I'm like, yeah. no, I don't mean that I can't draw. I just mean that I can't draw right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and off the sort of when I was looking to quit um, my old job, I was looking for jobs to see, you know, I was sending portfolios. I was applying for stuff and I was like, I've got all this, all this work, but apparently that doesn't really matter if you've not got the credentials to back it up. Obviously, unless you are amazing and you have a ton of experience, which I'm not, which I haven't been, I haven't been able to get because I think I have this little thing in the back of my mind that's like people see my CV and say, "Well, she hasn't got any qualifications in illustration. She did photography, so how does that prove that she can draw?" Mm. Yeah. So in a way, part of it is that, and then part of it is just I, I don't know much about illustration in the industry other than just drawing for a hobby and then selling my art do you know what I mean like I I feel like it's gonna help me become more focused because I really enjoyed my degree yeah um like I said obviously it was it was slightly different it was it was it was a photography in the arts um but it helped me see that you don't have like I for two years of my photography degree I didn't take a single photo oh um I used to go onto eBay buy other people's photos I sort of photos from the 1920s and such and then I'd repurpose them and my entire final major project was I uploaded a photo that I'd found uh, and scanned to Google every day and then I'd take the first 10 photos that came up on the like the reverse image search mm-hmm. oh, and then my final in it for my final project it was basically at that and then I'd take the little like whatever the writing was whatever the tiny bit of caption was 
And I put that into a Word document and I put those into a file. And then I had all of those printed and then I typewritered, which took hours, every single little bit of information so that it never, it didn't make any sense anymore because it was basically all completely out of context and it was all very strange. Mm. Um, and that was my final project. None of those photos I took. Um, and it, That's a really cool thing th- on photography though. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but, and that was what my dissertation was all about, appropriation and everything like that. Because I basically I kind of got to a point where I was like, I don't know what I want to take photos of anymore. And I don't want to just take photos because they look pretty. Mm. Um, but I don't think I could have done that. I couldn't have reached that point without sort of having the drive of having the educational bit behind it. Yeah, And I think I've got to a point now where I kind of need something. But one of the other things is obviously it's there's a sort of modules around networking and things like that as well. So that hopefully will come quite ha- come, come quite in handy. Mm. Um, I hope so Because too. that's again not something that I know a lot about. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the big uh, things that I think uh, Regan, uh, the guy who's going to be the episode before this um both of us kind of fell down in that i think our courses maybe were too broad and yeah uh, explored a little bit of everything too much so by the end we, we knew what we didn't want to do but then we yeah. weren't really helped in that now that we know what we like to do how to do it <laughs> which yeah. is very odd considering that the entire course is a kind of started on the idea that like oh I know what I want to do and so I will do this course to help me something like networking would have been so so useful because uh you know we were saying that a lot of the people that we know that are working in creative industries uh, in any role usually almost always get that job because they know somebody yeah Um, which is really unfortunate for, for for those of us who just don't have networking or just being social or speaking to people is a skill but it's so so Mm -hmm. important that is something yeah that's something I've been aware of forever it's always been like it 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 is one of those industries where it helps to know someone Mm -hmm. but these days it's not just that I think it does happen and this is why I'm like keeping trying to be as prolific as I am on TikTok and things like that because I had Instagram I had for years and years and years and it just never really did anything I mean it's going up again now like the following and everything but it doesn't grow the way that TikTok has yeah and you know I think there is a difference there that say 2,000 followers on TikTok is not really that many for TikTok when it's considered like you know compared to everyone else yeah but for me I'm like that's 2,000 people that want to actually pay attention to what I'm doing when they see it Mm -hmm. um and it does happen that if you keep going and you get out there, then people do see you and you can become something from just being, a, I guess, being a personality. Like I have found that the thing that gets me noticed more is posting my face and being all like, Woohoo, look, I'm so kooky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It's not, it's not an act like that is. I mean, my mum saw the, the, the Toby Craft video and she was like, She's very, very overdramatic. She's it's a bit, it's a bit. And I was like, okay, I play it up a little bit, but I think everyone does. I mean, if I was just completely normal in front of the camera, everyone would be like, nah, she's a bit boring. Ooh, yeah. she, you know. I think people sometimes struggle with if they do put on a persona, it becomes something that you have to spend energy on. Um, yeah. Especially if, you know, you're you're like quite a quiet, like, oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna make a video today. The camera goes on. What's up, everybody? It's me. <laughs> like, oh god, it's ooh, 
that stuff is a little bit too much for me every now and then I was um I'm really into bullet journaling videos and um one of the things that I love is when people are just kind of get kind of you can tell they're recording close to the mic and they're like good morning it's me hi it's my (laughs) weekly spread and uh, everything is just so breathy (laughs) oh you sounded you sounded just like got Mick then oh Um, thank you yes that's that's probably got Mick for the win by the way (laughs) what was what was my point oh yeah bullet journaling and like yeah I thought it would be so funny to um encounter somebody who does the same sort of genre of video but does it really high energy and then Mm. I saw somebody who literally starts their videos with like hi what's up everybody it's your boy and I'm bullet journaling today I'm gonna make my video and I'm like wow oh my god how am I supposed to watch it yeah yeah that's kind of a clash really you know I don't but I thought I kind of was gonna make something that's like a parody version of uh, Mm. of bullet journaling videos as high energy stuff but I'm like oh damn it exists I guess it's not really gonna be funny anymore (laughs) oh it's the worst isn't it when you think you've had a really you're like I've had a really good original idea and like two days later TikTok's like ha 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 this came before you Uh, the robots see that you've been thinking about this exactly it's like how much are you in my mind Um, i don't really use tiktok i've got one video on tiktok which um i made you which you sort of made me record because so it's just it's just me messing around on my ukulele and i've i just transcribed songs that really should not fit onto ukulele i'm still at that stage of is is that is that what i'm supposed to do is that what people want to say it's not about that it's about i had fun doing it and it's made people laugh and or think what's wrong with this guy um you know got dreadful music taste but that is something it took me a while to come to terms with it wasn't you know for a really long time I was getting really especially at the start of this year that it went from being like you could post and get loads of views and loads of attention to like all of a sudden the start of this year you'd post and it would be like haha three views and it'd be like okay mm. and that obviously had a bit of a like it sounds ridiculous to say it and I have said it in a video before that it does have an effect on your mental health and social media does, but I've kind of got to a point now where I'm like, I'm going to post for me. I'm going to try and post, you know, regularly, but I'm not going to be like, Oh no, I need to put it's three, three Oh three. I need to post my next video. Like, you know, I try now to like, there will, like there'll be a few days where like every, every video I post is me being like, blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> and then every now and then you, it'll just be like, videos of my art because I'm like I don't have the energy or I'm too busy or I'm not you know shut up you've had enough of my face for a few days you can you can you can you can deal without me and it makes people miss me then and then when I come back everyone's like hey she's back um, but you, you're you're a real person you can't have yeah. every single day and every single moment being that you know that way constantly mm. because outside of posting a video you do have a normal life oh, yeah. and the emotions that go with it and the effort involved and the daily life admin mm. things and yeah you know sometimes you're just sometimes you're just having a very chill day you don't want to do it uh, other times you are just not in the mood for it because you've had a really really bad day um and uh i suppose the point i'm getting at is that um at the start of uh, the lockdown that we had last year the first one mm-hmm. uh, i went through a phase where i was posting on my instagram uh, as I, i'm, I'm going to post a new poem on there every single day yeah and yeah. I think I got to about 150 odd days in a row. That's not bad. And mm-hmm. yeah, but it was. But by the end of it, I was I was there just going, 
it's not good enough. I, I, I'm, I'm stressing myself out about it. Or, or mm. it'll be, oh, you just you know, posting I, for I the was... sake of posting and it might not necessarily be the standard that you want exactly. to get out there sort of thing. Exactly. And and uh, I, I very quickly found that this, this is my page for me yeah. about my yeah. stuff and my journey. Of course, I want people to read it. Um, you know, I don't care too much about the number of likes and things. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, if suddenly I get 10,000 likes on something, I'm going to go, how did that happen? What kind of algorithm has gone wrong somewhere? Yeah, but, I was going to say every time um, anything like blows up for me, I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> I don't yeah. understand. Yeah. Did I misspell a tag or something? I, I just, <laughs> but um, people think I'm someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, but it's. Um, I suppose that social media is a very easy way for people to promote themselves, get their own personality across yeah. and things. But I think it's a very, very slippery slope that you can go down mm-hmm. to getting that validation from it and thinking that that is that is what you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, again, it goes back to the you know the approval and the support. Mm-hmm. Thing. The thing is, um, yeah. uh, one of the things I I don't want. <laughs> is for the way that I am on social media to change the way I am off social media. Like I know, um, yeah, I don't 100%. ever want to, be, I, I love helping people. And if people want tips and whatever from about anything, I would love to be able to help people. I don't ever want to become one of those people that's like, you know, I'm, I've got all these followers and all this attention and I'm not going to share how I got here or anything like that, because it's taken me, not that I've got, you know, thousands and thousands of followers, but I, <laughs> I want to make sure that I am still as down to earth as possible. But I mean, you're still busy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but one of the things, especially from like when I first started, I remember the first time I posted a video with my face in it and I was like, hi, so this is my <laughs> face. And I just want to say thank you for all your followers. And Tom watched it and he was like, so who's she then? And I was like, what? And he was like, who's this, who's this girl impersonating you on your uh, on your TikTok? She sounds nothing like you. And I was like, um, what do you what, what do you mean? <laughs> but it's that I had I had like that this weird persona on. And then all of a sudden I was like, no, this isn't me. Because it was very, very I was like, I'm pretty sure I wasn't even wearing any yellow, which is just, you know, very strange. <laughs> um but now, like you can see, there's such a difference in the way I am now because I'm like you can actually hear my real my real accent when I talk. That was one of the things mm. I was quite worried about with this. I was like, am I gonna? Is it gonna be like two different people are on this podcast? Or I start and I'm like, hello, my name's Isabella. I work art, and I don't know. And then by the end, I'll be like, hey, up, love, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> are there any lessons kind of along the way in terms of what help what has helped you sort of with uh, your mental health and approach to your art and everything or social media that you'd like to share with uh, people listening I can't really think of a lot other than just don't let yourself get too wrapped up in social media you know it's the to help you not to hinder you so it shouldn't be something that causes you to have a meltdown um Mm -hmm. you know it's something that should be enjoyed and if it's getting too much, just put it down. Um, you know, yep. with regards to mental health, I mean, it's just about finding what works for you. Um, obviously, it's not all the same for everyone. I find talking and drawing helps me. That might not necessarily help other people. I know if some people find it very hard to draw when their mental health is in the bin. But 
yeah, just that and, you know, when it comes to building your brand, just being yourself, you know, unless you are the most boring person in the world. <laughs> but no, um, just being yourself and sort of, you know, if you're trying to sell a brand, you at the end of the day are that brand. So let people get to know you. That's the best mm-hmm. way, I think, yeah. to... For better or for worse, be yourself. Yeah, that's the words I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, who, is there anybody that you look up to and uh, why Why do you like them? Oh, I don't know. Would it be really cheesy to say my mum? <laughs> oh, that's um, adorable. <laughs> no, she, she is always how it's been, someone I've admired. You know, like I said, she can literally put her mind to anything. She decides that she's going to try doing something and off she goes and I have always admired that about her and it makes me very jealous um <laughs> she's primarily someone who is very textile and things like that she's making my wedding dress I'm not buying one I've asked her she's making it for me um so she, yeah she is very much one of those people who can just kind of do every everything and anything and even if she doesn't if it doesn't work she'll still try it and that's definitely something that I am trying to live by yeah but yeah I love my lovely. mummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so, uh, so nice that you have such a lovely and supportive family. Oh, <laughs> um, sweet. So uh, tell us where we can find you and your art and your store and everything else. Oh, I feel like I need to get a business card out now to actually look. Um, so I'm, <laughs> I'm very confusing because I started off as Isabel's.art. And I'm just going to say that is how it's said. I get a lot of people saying it wrong. I don't know how or don't know why, but no one seems to really fully understand how to say my uh, business name. Um, but yeah, on Facebook and Instagram, I'm Isabel's.art. And that's obviously I-Z-E-R-B-E-L-Z. Um, and then Etsy, YouTube, TikTok and Twitter. YouTube and Twitter, I don't really use that much, but Etsy and TikTok, obviously are probably the two that I use the most. I'm um, just Isabel's mm-hmm. art with no dot. Everyone go and check out Isabel's art and go and buy the charity prints and uh, whilst they're still available. Oh, they'll they'll they will be restocked as well. I mean obviously if they do sell out, they are something that are very special to me. And out of all the things when I get an order, when I see it's one of those, I get a little tear in my eye. And it's funny really because obviously that doesn't make me any money. But I'm like, mm. yay someone's bought another one so they are very special to me so if if, you, if people do want to check them out that would make me very happy yeah absolutely we'll have links in whatever the description is wherever you're listening to this podcast uh to the store and uh everything else yeah izzy thank you so very very much for joining us uh on the flawed workshop podcast thank you for having um, me i very much yeah, enjoyed myself no, thank you. I'm yeah, glad. Yeah, it's been great chatting with you. Uh, happy early birthday and um, good luck with your masters. And I will still be uh, engaging as much as possible with your content on TikTok because I'm, I'm waiting for the day that you become viral and uh, a big sensation. <laughs> Perfect. I was going to say, I will definitely be um, trying to share as much as I can, as often as I can. But we'll see if I end up again crying in the corner with the amount of stuff I'm going to be doing over the next few months. You, you do you. I will. <laughs> I always do. I mean, exactly. 
a huge thank you to you, the listener, for making it all the way to the end of this podcast. Once again, also thank you to Izzy from Isabel's Art for joining us this week. And I would love for you guys to please check out the charity print uh, of the floral ovaries and uterus. All proceeds from it are going to be donated to the Diane Oxbury Trust, a UK ovarian cancer charity. I have been Nancy Art Music. You can follow me on TikTok and Instagram at Nancy Art Music. Alex, where can we find you? I'm Alex Roberts, and you can find me on Instagram at Alex Roberts Writer. And you can find my first collection of poetry, Empire, on Amazon. 